focus in on what you do brilliantly. Stay inspired, protect your confidence and only go after the work that you know you can do head and shoulders above everyone else. And then your brand is just all your branding is, is about reflecting that visually and emotionally to your ideal clients. Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. Inspiring conversations with badass women, empowering you to make time for your personal goals and put yourself first. Today's guest on Put Yourself First is Fiona Humberstone. And I've followed Fiona's work and advice and branding principles for about a year now. Her work is all about creating a brand that is really intentional and feels really good for you and your business. So not just a pretty logo, you know, not just an Instagram aesthetic, but actually how you want your customers to feel, what your work you know, how your work makes you stand out from the crowd, what you're best at. So we have an amazing conversation today that's really empowering and very inspiring. So I really hope you enjoy listening. Hi everyone, welcome back to Put Yourself First. I'm here today with Fiona Humberstone. Say hello. Hello. Hi. Yeah, we're going to chat all about um, branding, business, um, I want to chat to Fiona about work-life balance and all that good stuff because she has some great um, philosophies surrounding that and I think for a lot of the women listening who, even if you don't run your own business, if you just have a really hectic, busy job, I think everyone's going to get something out of today's conversation. Great, I hope so. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. So to start, for anyone who doesn't follow you and the brand stylist online, do you want to introduce yourself and just tell us a bit more about your career journey from, because you've obviously worked, you've worked for companies, but you've also, you know, taken the leap to start your own business as well. Yeah, so I'm Fiona Humberstone and I run a company called The Brand Stylist and I am absolutely passionate about empowering entrepreneurs to create incredible brands. So that's kind of what I do. I write books, I run workshops, online courses and retreats. And every, and I'm a brand consultant and everything I do is kind of geared up around putting the power back, I guess, in the hands of entrepreneurs and, and helping them create businesses that really work for them. So my career journey started in... Uh, Sheffield actually I went to the University of Sheffield and um, while I was there we set up a student marketing company called Niche Marketing and um, I used to get my print done with a company called printing.com and they offered me a job when I left university so I moved to Nottingham met my husband and um, really quickly made a name for myself for uh, selling lots of print and growing the business really fast. So they moved me down to not to London three months later. And within six months, I was running um, three company owned stores. And that kind of grew and I became a regional director for them. And then I had Ellie, my eldest, when I was 25, which was not part of the plan. Uh, <laughs> so um, I had a lovely nine months off, went back to work. The company were great. But what I found was 
in order to make my job work for me as a mum, actually the bits I loved about my job, which were, you know, by that point I was running the South of England franchises and doing lots of training in Manchester, um, flying up to Glasgow a couple of times a week. None of that could work for me as a mum. And I just, I wanted to do something for myself. So I launched a print franchise in 2005, um, really quickly realised that being the cheapest printer on the block wasn't something that inspired me. So focused much more on design. Um, and yeah, put my put all of my energy, I guess, into design and being the best brand identity creators that we could possibly be. And during the time I had that company, so I sold it in 2012 when I had Poppy, my youngest. And um, during that time, we worked with, I mean, we created sort of 350 logos and brand identities for people, hundreds of websites. And I came across so many people, so many entrepreneurs that were making the same mistakes over and over again when it came to branding. So they were um, they were going with the wrong people. They were asking for the wrong kind of design. They were making the wrong decisions. And that meant that six months later, they came to us hating their brand identity, really frustrated that they'd um, wasted money on something. And I kind of began to spot a pattern and dreamed of writing this book um, that would show people what they needed to know to style their brand. Never worked out while I had my company. Um, I had seven staff and thank goodness it didn't because How to Style Your Brand would not be the book it is today. So I sold my company in 2012, uh, had two years off, had a third baby, and then I wrote How to Style Your Brand. And we can probably get onto this later, but that book I self-published because um, all the publishers told me it wouldn't sell. Um, and it's now in its eighth print run and it's still a number one bestseller. So, um, yeah, that's, that's probably a good point to lead up to today, isn't it? I've written another book, Brand Brilliance, which is also a bestseller. Um, and now I don't have any staff. I love it. I work from home um, and I do lots of things that I love. Amazing. <laughs> and your books are <laughs> your book both of your books are fantastic uh the reason i you know found i, I found uh, blah, can't get my words out sorry <laughs> i found fiona through the hashtag authentic podcast when you were uh, on there with sarah yeah and then i was i just absolutely loved that conversation so i dove into both your books i bought both of them straight away and you help, luckily, my boyfriend is a graphic designer, but your work, like, rebranded my whole business. Oh, amazing. <laughs> it was so all cool. down to you, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, it's so useful. And I think what I love about your work is that it's branding from, it's that, I think I'd always thought of branding as just a logo or just, yes. just the colours. And you're very much about how do you want to actually build your business yes and the brand the branding is almost just the guidelines that allows you to get to that end goal or to create that business that you want does that make sense yeah, definitely yes yeah yeah so for anyone listening because I know I've 
before I found your work, I would have been really intimidated by branding and design and all these other things. What are the top principles of powerful branding that the brand stylist stands for? Well, I think the first thing is you've got to know what your business is all about and what impression you want to create. And that sounds really, really simple, but most of us do not take the trouble to work that out. So branding your business really well starts for me with, and this was what Brand Brilliance was all about, really. It starts with working out what is that one thing that we do better than anybody else? I think too many of us run businesses that um, offer the same as everyone else, that sort of don't play to our strengths, that actually undermine our confidence. We feel like when somebody asks us to do something, we have to say yes, whether we're good at it or not. Mm. And, and we feel like if somebody asks us to quote, we've got to go after that piece of work, whether, we, whether we're geared up to win it or not. And I guess my whole thing is just stop doing that. Stop fighting for every piece of work. Stop hustling. Stop kind of setting yourself up to fail. And instead, focus in on what you do brilliantly. Stay inspired. Protect your confidence. And only go after the work that you know you can do head and shoulders above everyone else. And then your brand is just all your branding is is about reflecting that visually and emotionally to your ideal clients yeah I, I totally agree one of the things you mentioned in the box as well is this concept of a destination brand yeah and I loved that and you've kind of touched on that a bit but for anyone who hasn't read the books, read them. Yeah. But <laughs> what, like, what, what's your definition of a destination brand? Well, I think we think of destination brands as things like lovely boutique hotels that we would go out of our way to stay in or a restaurant that you just have to visit. And I guess I had my, you know, in the period of running my design and print company, I have marketed it every which way I've explored lead gen I've cold called people I've focused on networking and what I discovered was none of those things make me happy or confident or inspired and they don't put me in a position to do my best work however when I focused in on just creating the best work that we possibly could when I focused on sort of sharing the journey because I was just really proud of what we were doing. There was no sort of agenda for me, but I started blogging because I'd taken this course, excuse me, <coughs> with um, I'd taken a course with Holly Becker and her Decorate blog was just absolutely beautiful and I was so inspired. And I was thinking, well, I don't run an interiors blog. How is this going to work for me? And so I just started blogging about things that got me excited, which happened to be the work we were doing. And what really surprised me was the more I shared about what went into our work, the more our clients started to get it, the more they started to trust us, and the more they started to come to us sort of wondering what we might do for them. And so we started just really locally in Guildford, and then we kind of rippled out to Surrey. And then Within a couple of years, 
I was finding that people were coming to us from all over the country. And and then, and this you've got to remember, this is like 2010, 2011, social media and Skype and all those things were not what it was, what they what they are now. And we had people approaching us from all over the world because they loved our style and they couldn't think of anyone better to do, to design their brand identity for them. And that for me is a destination brand. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. I love yeah. it. It's almost because it's so easy to get caught in the comparison trap or this whole old school way of thinking about competition and always keeping your eye on the competition and all this yes. stuff which I think is BS because yeah. I personally perform better in my business when I have those blinkers on and I'm just focusing on the work that I love to do and the work that I know I'm good at yeah and then in yeah. turn it reaps more rewards anyway yeah definitely that's amazing so for anyone listening then who you know they want the dream of having this destination brand they might be running the business or just starting out can you share like a few maybe big mistakes that you see people doing I know you've already gone into you know doing what like trying to just get every piece of work yeah I think, way. Thing. <laughs> I think going up you know and I say this from absolute experience because my you know I'm very lucky now my my business is based at home. I really don't have any overheads unless I choose to put on an event. And then I've got kind of the control of, of uh, you know, P&Ling that properly. So I know it's going to work and it's a calculated risk. The, the business I was running previously in Guildford, I had seven staff, huge overheads, rates were crippling. You know, it was, it was one of those businesses at the start where, you were running to stand still. So I totally understand why people feel like they need to go after every piece of work. I completely get it. But I think the problem is when you get in that trap of chasing down every single quote, you start to get into this cycle of not believing in yourself, um, discounting because someone's asked you to because they don't see the value in what you're doing so you feel like you've got to win it on price and then because you only won it on price and your client didn't get it the relationship isn't great and you don't do your best work because you don't quite dare put yourself out there because you know that the relationship's a bit tenuous so then the next project you take on you're feeling less confident and it it sort of goes in this quite depressing spiral and I I know that because I've experienced it and so I think it it's all about just you know taking a break I don't know when this is going to be released but you know we are just at the start of the summer holidays there's never a better time to stop and reflect and whether that means you take time completely you know I'm lucky I have six weeks off but you might you know even if it's just a week or two where you just stop and think, what kind of business do I actually want to run? Who do I actually want to work with? Who am I working with because I think I should be, because I think that they're giving me credibility. But which are the relationships that I actually really value? Which are the projects I really value or the clients I really value? I think that's where it all starts. Yeah, 
that's incredible and yeah <laughs> I need to make that little date with myself over the next couple <laughs> <of> months <laughs> because I think with your brand as well it's such a huge encompassing thing that it has to be looked at on a regular basis because things change yeah and that's the other thing is I think we often don't think do we about you know am I enjoying this did I enjoy this was it worth my while and that's something I have always built in you know just no one told me to do it I've just always done it every ever since we started putting our emphasis on producing the best work we could we were constantly over delivering and what that meant was that we could look back at the end of the project and say did the client get value for money yeah they absolutely did okay are we proud of it yes so in that case what was that project worth and what would we want to charge next time and what it kind of meant was that every time we could we could edge up the price by a couple of hundred pounds and that was how I went from designing logos for £99 in 2005 to brand identities for sort of eight, ten thousand pounds in 2012. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's that just that constant process of review. And like you say, just protecting your creativity and your inspiration and your confidence. Yeah. And knowing your worth as well. Totally. Yeah. So if anyone listening, you know, is going to go f- make this time for themselves, go through these exercises, maybe they are thinking, oh, crap, like I'm, I have the wrong clients or I'm not <laughs> yeah. attracting the right clients or I'm not enjoying my social media presence or whatever that might be. Mm. What are the one or two things that you would say are the, you know, quickest things or things that you see often that people can tweak whether it be, you know, visuals or communication or something within their brand that they will, you know, see results from or feel better about instantly. Yeah. So I think obviously the mindset is a big thing and that can be a massive thing, particularly if you have a complicated business. So uh, there's a couple of, well, there's loads of resources on the brand-stylist.com with um, things like Brand Clarity Workbook, which will get you focused. If you realise it's bigger than that, I would definitely recommend you find yourself a decent coach. And by a decent coach, I mean someone that will support you in this and that will understand sort of where you're headed and help you get there. Um, Once you've worked all that out, yeah, there's a couple of things you can do really quick. Well, I mean you know, really quickly is not brand identity or website because they tend to take three to six months. They are the things that will make an enormous difference. Photography can make a huge difference. So I was with a client yesterday and um, we found her a designer, but she can't start work till October. Um, We want to take lots of pictures of nature and meadowy things and um, I don't know about the meadows up your way, but down here they're brown. So we're not, <laughs> everything's we're really not, dry. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to get any decent photos. So actually we looked on unsplash.com. I don't know if you've come across that, but it's a brilliant resource because it's free photography that you can pretty much, I think they've refined their terms, but you can pretty much do what you want with it. So quite often just 
updating the photography on your site can make a huge difference. Um, I've got another friend who had a business coach who was very lead gen focused. And so she's got all this stuff that's getting in the way of her just being a brilliant photographer. And in her case, the only thing she needs to do is strip out all the nonsense and just focus on the beautiful photography that she takes. So it, it might be a case of that. It might be sort of taking things out rather than putting things in. Photography makes a huge difference. And then my absolute favourite thing is to create a media kit or a services brochure or a lookbook or whatever you want to call it. But a document that kind of when people email you and inquire, you've got something you can send back to them in an instant, which demonstrates your value shows people your price and streamlines your sales process love it <laughs> <laughs> and you met you go over everything in terms of you know even invoices thank you notes like all that kind of stuff you cover in brand brilliance and I that do. really that really made me think you know how can i like surprise and delight at every step of the way yes good yeah. i love that you quoted that <laughs> exactly what it's about isn't it yeah absolutely and you don't I think the thing is you don't have to do it all at once I think the media kit is just that thing that I feel so passionately about because I've you know in my in the dark old days when I was sort of transitioning from print to branding um people would email us and say how much is a logo you know and (laughs) they still mean that now people still email me and say how much is a day with a brand stylist or I'd love to work with you how much does it cost it's a fair and reasonable question but instead of sending back a number which doesn't do anyone any favors I've got these you know in I've got these pdfs that are split out over multiple pages that kind of enchant people and 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 get them to actually sit down and consider this properly and I found that when I was emailing back 26 paragraphs with like how much it costs and what you get people just zone straight in on the price and go you know either it would be a yes or it would be a a no too expensive and that doesn't do anything for your confidence does it so at least this way um you know I'm still I'm still filtering probably 80% of my inquiries but at least they're not walking around thinking she's really expensive. They're thinking she's great and hopefully I can work with her one day. I understand where my money's going. Absolutely. And I imagine for a lot of people listening, like branding consultants, mm. their packages are very complicated and there's a lot involved in their work. Like it's not just as simple as buying a logo because that's not no. really going to give you much return at all. It's just going to be a pretty logo. Yeah, a brand like I know I've asked you for quick tips for anyone listening, but a brand is so much more than that. So it's yeah. it's all it's also educating your clients and customers even before they've chosen to work with you. So at least if it's a no, not right now, it might be you know a yes in the future because they know yeah. exactly what they're getting. Exactly, and it, it I think <coughs> excuse me, it does too. So you you said about the educating, and I think that's really important and. I also think as well as telling people what they're going to get, it's about, 
showcasing the value of that to your client you know so you're going to get a sweet font well what does that mean you know why is that useful to me so it's about showing sort of how you might use them or um, the benefit of having six or seven fonts that you can choose from or whatever you know whatever moving on I wanted to chat about work-life balance and boundaries around work this is a conversation that comes up all the time on the podcast because we're all you know this is a podcast all about empowering women and we're all you know we're all prone to putting too much on our plate to give 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 and never enough time left in the day for us so you have a really great healthy approach to this and you share some really great thoughts and principles around building a business around your life rather than the other way around yes so what are your personal boundaries and work-life balance when it comes to your business um so I always I've I've built my whole business to work so yeah I built my whole business to work around I've got three children, um, they're five, nine and 14. And I don't work when they are on school holidays. So I've built the whole thing to work in term time only. And that has meant I've had to make some really tough decisions about the kind of work I take on. Um, you know, I, I get very stressed if a project overruns and I've just had one, actually, I've just designed a book for a friend and um, the back four times. And <laughs> I am I think it's all those years in print, you know, I know how important deadlines are. And I understand that um, everybody pushes the deadline back. But the one deadline that doesn't change ever is the printer. And so I'm pretty good with myself about deadlines. And I always knew that I would not be comfortable sending this book to print the day before the kids broke up because any time you send anything to print, you've got to you've got to be aware that the printer might come back and ask you for something. And this book was 288 pages, so there was no way I was sending it to print the day before the kids broke up. So one thing I quite often do, which really helps me, is I'll create my own deadline. So I guess like the hard and fast immovable deadline was the kids end of term. But actually my deadline for the book was last Friday because then I've had some breathing space and I've got time to wind down my business before the end of term. So that did mean busting a gut and I worked several weekends and lots of evenings to meet my own internal deadline. And I, I think that maybe sounds bonkers, but it, it means that when the kids are off, it'll take me a, two, a couple of days to stop being a dragon, but then I can calm down and kind of clear my head and just be with them. Yeah. Uh, one of the big things. Um, and so, yeah, so for that reason, I don't tend to take on, you know, I don't take on projects that are ongoing that might that might continue on over the kids holidays because I don't want to do the job of being the mum that I want to be or the consultant that I want to be badly so yeah, I tend yeah. to do discrete projects if that makes sense yeah I really love that and I think what what you've said there to me is you've you've chosen what your you know balance needs to be 
and you've been really strict with yourself and your work commitments around that and I think where people are going wrong is they know they want to spend more time at home or they know they're working too much or they're taking on too many clients but they're not strict with those boundaries so the fact that you've you actually just say I am off for six weeks you almost and you've set your own deadline it's yeah I think as a business owner we have to be a bit strict with ourselves sometimes but I think also I yeah we do and and I wouldn't say I get it right all the time and also I think it it starts with pricing my work in a way that's sustainable that means you know I I have created a business that um creates some great opportunities for me and our family and we travel lots and I love that um but I think I'm not kind of constantly chasing this mythical, um, you know, whatever figures thing. That's not the thing for me. It's about, um, it's I'm inspired by my work and I price it in a way that's sustainable and that means I commit, you know, the contribution I need to, to the family. But it's not, it's not all about the money. And I think sometimes we lose track of that. I think there's a, a lot of, glorification around whatever figures doesn't matter um and and it's not about that it's about focusing on what's right for you it's about setting your business up in a way that's sustainable so that you're not setting yourself up to fail so you know if I know I want the whole of August off and half of July that means there's you know there's at least there's there's only actually 10 and a half months before I take off all the other school holidays for me to earn money and sometimes we forget that when we're planning. Yeah. Does that make sense? You know, you, there's no point in having a an a monthly target that includes earning money in August if you know you want to be off. The other thing is to think about, so, you, you know, you've set yourself up um, financially to succeed. It's also about being clear on what your boundaries are, isn't it? So... For me, because I, you know, I'm off every six weeks with the kids, I'm often asked to do mentoring for people or, you know, will you spend the day with me? And for years I resisted doing it because my expectation of <clears throat> what kind of what I've called a day with the brand stylist should look like would be that, you know, I had to send out a questionnaire in advance. I'd probably have to do a Skype call to get to know them. Um, then I'd have to spend the day with them and then have to spend the day with them. That sounds awful. Then I'd spend the day with them. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, and then I'd have to follow up afterwards. And I hate following up on things that a, I've got no control over, you know, I don't want to take responsibility for something that I can't take responsibility for as in somebody else implementing something we've talked about. And it was going to get so stressful because, you know, if I said, well, we're go- I'm going to follow up and you've got two weeks follow up or whatever, that would then mean that out of six weeks, there's only a two week window in the middle of term where I could do these things, which is just ridiculous. So instead, I've set up a day with the brand stylist to say, look, you turn up on the day with five, you know, three to five things that you want to get out of your day. It's down to you to work out what you want to get out of the day and it's down to you to take the notes and it's down to you to implement it and you have got me for the day 
and we have a lovely day and every single one of them I have totally over delivered on I know I have you know I know that they've loved it I've loved it it's been really inspiring and I think it's a really good example of just thinking about what you want you know and putting your needs at the start because you have to listen to what your clients want I do all the time but but actually if I'm not on board and I'm not inspired I'm not going to deliver the best service to my clients yeah yeah that's a really great example it's yeah it's deciding it's deciding what your boundaries are and implementing them straight away because that's the easiest way to do it exactly and my this book I've been working on for my friend Elizabeth is called the empowered entrepreneur and she's got loads in there about empowering your process Amazing. so yeah this was something I, I worked you know I was like how do I make this work and it it's kind of the same with this like I'm tr- I'm trying to work I hate doing things for the sake of doing them do you know what I mean yeah so I'm I'm trying to work out I've had loads of people say oh, I'd love to be in a mastermind group with you and the whole name makes me cringe the whole concept makes me cringe but I do love the idea of pulling together a group of people and kind of walking them through something and so that's the next thing I want to work out is like how do I create a mastermind group that's not a mastermind group that inspires me and is useful to my clients? Yeah, and it's again, it goes back to that the importance of that time to just be off and reflect and just spend time to take a step back and reassess and think, you know, if you do have an idea or you do want to put your own twist on something that you're not quite as keen on the way that other people do it, yeah. You, have, you have that breathing room to yeah, let those definitely. ideas come into fruition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So for any women listening who are really struggling to set, you know, healthy boundaries with their work, with their life, because it can work the other way as well. I think working from home, I have to set boundaries around, like, please don't come and knock on the door all the time when I'm working or do you know even silly things like that make a huge difference throughout the day yeah Yeah, definitely so for any women struggling with boundaries and you know guilt around boundaries what encouragement would you give to them well I think it just it's all about what's important to you isn't it and I think if you're clear on what's important to you and what kind of job you do I don't think there should be any guilt I think the guilt comes for me it comes from feeling like I've not done a good job you know it uh, either because I've let my work creep into my home life or because um you know like I said if I if I hadn't said that I wasn't going to follow up with a day with the brand stylist then I would have felt guilty because I'd have felt like I was I owed it to someone to take time out of our you know my time with the kids and that would have made me feel really stressed and really uncomfortable so it's really hard for me to give advice on that because I genuinely it just comes really naturally to me <laughs> do you know what I mean I just I know what's important and I make a decision and I tend to stick with it. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how useful that is, but <laughs> that's all I can say, probably. No, I think it just goes to show how clear you are 
and how self-aware you are of your personal needs in terms of what your what your work-life balance looks like and Mm. that has come from years of you know trial and error and deciding that you didn't like doing something or deciding that you wanted to do this more or definitely yeah I think problems arise when people are playing the comparison game or feeling like they should be doing this because everyone else is or they're not working enough because their mate at work has got a promotion and works more than them and yeah yeah and I think it's about knowing what's important to you and knowing that that's going to have an impact isn't it so I can remember well two things actually when I did a really rare thing when I was running my business I've got big gaps between each child and the reason for that is because we had Ellie very young um, we wanted to get financially secure and I also wanted to get my business in a position where I could take six months out and I don't know any other entrepreneur that has ever done that that's taken six months maternity leave from their business I'm sure there's lots out there but I've never met any you know that there was people there was there was a woman in the newspaper Daily Mail I think it was that had a baby at the same time as me and um and she was interviewed and saying that she'd scheduled her cesarean section for the morning so she could be back on her emails in the afternoon oh my god like fair play to if that's what you want to do that's absolutely fine I'm not judging but I could have felt really intimidated by that, you know, and I could have got really caught up in, I should be building my business on maternity. No, I was on maternity leave. I was happy to just keep it ticking over until I was ready to come back. Because to me, spending time with Jasper was far more important than building an empire at that point. So I was really focused. I built up my business before I left. And then all I wanted to do was keep it kind of ticking over while I was away and it was exactly the same when I had Poppy you know I think we'd all just started on Instagram because it's about five and a half years ago and um, there was another woman who'd had a baby same time as me and she was utterly prolific on Instagram and building up her business and I can't say there were never moments when I felt like oh, maybe I should be doing that, or maybe I'm going to be left behind, or whatever. Um, But I knew always that spending time with Poppy and the big two was the most important thing for me at that time, and just slowing down and enjoying the fruits of what I'd worked so hard for. And, And I knew that my time would come later. And I guess I still don't work as hard as this lady now. I still... You know, I still, um, with with exceptions like sending someone's book to print, don't work many weekends or many evenings. And, um, and it, you know, I think it's just accepting that your business is going to be the best business that you can make it in the, in the sort of the bigger picture of the things that you feel are important to you. Absolutely. And your business starts and ends with you, I always say. So yes, you have definitely. to be the ha- the happiest, healthiest version of yourself for your business to thrive anyway. Definitely. So I want to chat about creativity before we jump into the quick round questions. 
Mm. Um, obviously, creativity is a huge part of everything that you do and the work that you do. And I yeah. would argue that every business owner has to be creative, even if they're not necessarily in a creative business yeah. and industry. So you have to obviously have constant sources of inspiration or ideas or I imagine a lot of that comes naturally to you but I want to ask if you have any you know practices that you make time for to really feed your creativity and how do you really keep that topped up throughout the working week? Good question um (laughs) so I think I'm really conscious of what saps my creativity and saps my inspiration so for me comparison saps it emails sap it so I set up my day in a way that allows me to be creative first so um I don't check my emails if I can help it till after lunch and funny enough because of this deadline I've been checking my emails every morning to see if the printer in China has come back to me and it has totally changed how I feel about the day yeah so um I need to get back to that <laughs> soon really soon um I always exercise so I always do like a run or a yoga class I did this morning or you know something so I'm not even available to anyone until after 10 30 um, and that's really important because you know keeping my well-being high and and also you know those endorphins that come after exercise is really important for me um I work in a really inspiring space. So we have a very light filled um, room and Pete, my husband is building me a garden office outside, which will really help because I do struggle at the moment. My desk is where we, you know, it's like in the big family, open plan family space. Everyone loads up their homework books and copies millions of drawings. And um, (laughs) I don't like all the clutter. So I think a lot of the time it's about, what again what you get rid of I suppose isn't it to stay inspired um I do quite a lot of stuff with my sketchbook so in design for go-getters I did a whole video around how I stay inspired and how to kind of keep in touch and you know lots of it is when the post comes I'll go through the post and I'll look I'll be looking for inspiration I don't I don't have it as a to do in my diary it's just something that's built into how I live I guess I'm always looking around for new ideas um yeah so I guess that's probably most of the things they're really great tips and I love that you you know your creativity comes from really simple things like not checking your emails or going to a yoga class because (laughs) I feel like with creativity people think it's this huge magical thing that hits you but actually Uh, sometimes your best ideas come when you just create that mental headspace definitely and when you give yourself enough time to do a really good job you know if I feel rushed or I feel um any less than supported by my client I'm not going to do my best work yeah everything we talked about today just ties in together perfectly doesn't it good isn't it yeah (laughs) totally (laughs) unplanned so let's dive into the quick round question so put yourself first is all about empowering women to put themselves first and make time for themselves 
And with that being said, the first question is, what are your go-to self-care rituals that you always fall back on? Uh, well, yoga. Yeah. Um, cooking's one of those things. I just, I, I know I sound a bit weird, but I have this thing that it, as long as I've cooked my kids a meal from scratch every day, I know I've done a good job. And, that. and that's a really important thing for me. And, you know, again, I'm not judging anyone that uses ready meals, but I grew up in a house where we cooked every day and we created amazing food and, and I really love it. And it sort of gets me back to feeling like myself. Yeah. Uh, which I think, you know, it's not having a bath with candles, but, but it is part of, um, it is part of caring for yourself and feeling like you, isn't it? Absolutely. I was food is love <laughs> yeah exactly whether we're cooking it for ourselves or for someone else it's yeah just such a huge part of love and yeah alive and candles I'm a real candle burner I have loads of candles I've quite often got one on my desk and I do like them I can't bear it when they just sit and gather dust I think they're there to be used and you know you I have different ones throughout the seasons. Um, so at the moment, I've got a really lovely vine tomato one on my desk. Mm. And it's so, I know it's lovely. It's left over from the retreat and it's such a lovely sort of green smell. Yeah, I love candles. And <coughs> I imagine you're very intentional about your space and making it feel <laughs> nice. And... Now, you wouldn't think it was intentional. I did quickly move a few things in case it was a video. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm just at that point of like everything's backed up and as soon as the kids finish school, I'll be tidying up in a big way. Yeah, <laughs> I love a big clear out. It's the best yeah. feeling. <laughs> yes, the, <laughs> the next question is, what's challenging you to leave your comfort zone and grow recently? Oh, well, I've got this idea for a book at the back of my mind Um and I don't know whether I want to do it or not. And it, and some days it's like, yes, I definitely want to do it. Other days it's flinging me right into the fear zone. And other days it's just a little challenge to my comfort zone. So that's something I'm going to work out in August with my friend Elizabeth is just think about, do I, do, do I want to do this? And do, is it something I want to be known for? Amazing. That's really exciting. <laughs> well, it might be. <laughs> The next question is, what are your goals for the next six to 12 months? Um, I tend to think in terms of projects rather than finances. So um, I've got a naming class, masterclass that I've been working on um, that was inspired by so many clients who were coming to me saying, I'm really struggling with my name or people on my workshops who were, you know, being held up by naming and and if I'm inspired and the client's focused enough I can get a name sorted in about an hour so I thought there's got to be a really quick way that I can make this work for people online so that launches today and then I want to do uh how to, I mean I've got so many online courses I want to do but but I guess my next big one is um the I want to do one for how to style your brand. And then what I would love to do, I ran a workshop in New York in 2015 and that was just amazing. It was such a dream come true. And then I got scared about um, visas and, you know, would Donald Trump turn me away at the gates? And so 
I, I've not been able to find a way of getting permission to do one, which sounds ridiculous, but you can get a visa to go and work in America. It doesn't seem like you can get a visa to run a, business. Run a profitable workshop for two days over there. It's a very annoying thing. So I would love, I would love to make that work. Yeah. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, so maybe someone will be listening who's like, oh, I know how to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um next question is what's an amazing resource that you're loving at the moment that you can recommend to everyone oh well i have to say my friend elizabeth's book which i've mentioned a couple of times now the empowered entrepreneur will be out i think it will be out in november but that's going to be amazing so i would recommend that cool and will that be available for pre-order yes i think it is available for pre-orders like now-ish so cool. if you if you Google the empowered entrepreneur, I think you'll find it on Amazon. Certainly in the next couple of days. Amazing. If I if I tell her it's mentioned in this, I'm sure she'll put it. <laughs> she'll probably put it out. <laughs> yeah. Ready for pre-order now. So next couple of weeks, I would think. Yeah, fantastic. I'll have that linked in the show notes as well. Lovely. Thank and you. I will also have all of Fiona's links in the show notes for you guys to check out. Do you want to shout yourself out if anyone wants to quickly, you know, do a Google and find you, find your website, your Instagram, all the other stuff? What what do they need to search for? Uh, so, well, if you search for Fiona Humberstone, the brand stylist, I think everything will come up. Um, so my website is thebrand-stylist.com and that has all of the um, downloadable resources, details of my workshops that are coming up um, and tons and tons of stuff on the blog as well um and i'll link this podcast actually when it goes live and then um my online courses you can link from my website and i would definitely suggest you have a look at the design for go-getters because that's something that every entrepreneur needs and then instagram is um the brand underscore stylist.com uh, no brand underscore stylist amazing <laughs> Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you next time on Put Yourself First.